thankful for all that God is doing, and I, um, I want to talk a little bit on gratitude. I want to talk a little bit on thankfulness. Uh, if you're a member of the garden, you get emails from me on this. You hear about it constantly in every class, but the Spirit of the Lord um, rests upon hearts who are very grateful and I believe that as the body of Christ, we should be thankful. We should have hearts of gratitude. Even while we're going through the fire, even when we're going through difficult times, we can arise above it when we're thankful to God. Right? And religion has so perverted that, but we actually rise above it and we call it throne room worship when you can worship God for who he is, no matter what's going on in your life. Correct? And he calls us to overflow with gratitude. I want to read this scripture out of Colossians 2, verse 6 through 7. This is from the New American Standard. Um, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. <laughs> as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. This verse was one that went deep in my heart when I first got born again. It was one I think I probably memorized first. It was just, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk ye in him, okay? Walk in him, walk with him. And he is going to be in you forever, yes? And so as you've received him, so walk in him, walk with him. Don't walk without him. We did that already when we were lost. But now that we've received him, we're walking in him. And then he says, having been firmly rooted, and now you're being built up in him, and you're being established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. You can hear the call there. You're born again. You begin to walk with him. He teaches you. You're rooted deeply in the word of God and the foundation of the Christian faith and who he is and what he's done for us. We become established as we're being built up. We equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. We read the word, we abide in the word. We learn, we let the Lord teach us, yes. We walk through challenges in life, we overcome. And all of it comes back together. We should be overflowing with gratitude. Listen, we should be so thankful. Every moment, every day, don't make it religious. You know how people can just get into religious ruts is what I call it, a rut. Well, praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord again. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God, brother. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, and you, have, you say it 15 times in five minutes. You can get in a rut. I don't want to get in a rut. I want everything that comes out of my breath to be sincere genuine praise, true thanksgiving, yeah? I'm not telling you not to say praise God. I'm telling you everything should come an, as an overflow of a heart of gratitude of who and what he's done for us. Don't take it for granted and honor God. Be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. Just like, well, it only rained four tenths of an inch, right? You're wanting two inches, but it rained four-tenths of an inch. So what do we do? We complain about the four-tenths of an inch. It only rained four-tenths of an inch. If you live here in West Texas, you understand what I'm talking about. Oh, it's just enough to just get the sidewalk wet. 
but I want to overflow with gratitude for the four-tenths of an inch, and he'll give you more. When you've been faithful with little, he will give you more. That's biblical. When you praise him for little, he'll give you more. And when he gives you more, we're over, we're just abounding in joy and gladness when he floods the dry ground with water, yes? My office is proof of it. During the rain, we have a problem in our basement still. This is a 115-year-old building. We've done the best we can to fix a few boo-boos, to repair a few walls, replace a few windows, and repair some cement. But man, when that rain comes, it seeps in and floods the bottom offices, my office, his, his corner. We've come far, but I can complain about it and gripe about it, or I can say, flood the church, Jesus, with the rain of your presence. I'm going to turn things around, right? Smells like must down there. But you've got to always have a heart of attitude that's thankful and grateful. You hear it? God will teach you through these things. Now you can go to Philippians 4. So please take that impartation and just be thankful. Just be grateful. Have gratitude in your heart to God. You know, someone in your office cubicle next to you may hear you praising the Lord. He may hear you whispering, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, right? It, they may need that. Philippians 4, verse 6. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. And the things that you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And God, the God of peace will be with you. Most of us will have a plaque of this uh, a memory verse of this may be a screensaver, but it's supposed to be our lifestyle. This verse is popular, but I want to live it. I want to obey it. I want to do it. So when he says, be anxious for nothing, right. Right. Yeah, right. Can you sincerely say you've been anxious for nothing from the moment you woke up until you went back to sleep? You know what it feels like, right? And that little just comes to your heart, whether it's finances or the children or health or the future or what's now, a new job, whatever it may be, family relationships. Just saying, this is a powerful command. Come from a man who wrote it while he was imprisoned for the faith. Yes, written from prison, written from prison testifying. He was overflowing with gratitude because he was standing fast in what the Lord Jesus had entrusted to him. Yes, and he has gone through some fire. But out of the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost is the one that's bringing him this peace because that's the Spirit's job. So I'm going to read it again. Be anxious for nothing. So as soon as you feel that, know 
Say no in Jesus' name and praise the Lord and just start thanking him. I promise you the anxiety will run. Just start thanking him. Start praising him. Quote scripture, that's awesome. But know that God's got this. He knows everything you need and he's faithful to provide. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So that covers our whole life, yes? Let your request be made known to God. And here's the peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding. I'll comprehend. There's that guard over our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. So, beloved, I want to encourage you in this. Meditate on what is good, what is true, what's honorable, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's of good repute, excellence, anything worthy of praise. Dwell, think on, meditate upon these things. And then your whole mind will shift. Your mindset will shift. And heaven will invade you. Amen. Okay, so now I want you to, as your introduction, praise God. Now go to Romans 1. Romans 1. I'm going to read it in its entirety, but I'm going to pause at the very beginning as we honor the spirit of holiness. And Holy Spirit is named holy for a reason. He is the spirit of holiness. He is the spirit of truth, correct? Holy Spirit is God. He's not an it. Holy Spirit is God, correct? You have God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and God, Holy Spirit. So Romans 1, verse 1. He says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. Wow. Separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and he was declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. And through him, we have received grace, And apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you are the called of Jesus Christ. That's his introduction. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, called out by the Spirit of Holiness. The spirit of holiness has known from the very beginning who Jesus Christ is and who he would become and what he would do. And he knew that Jesus Christ would come and he would pay the price for sin once and for all. That he would take the curse, the wages of sin is death upon himself. He would destroy the curse of sin, the law of sin and death. He would make atonement for the idolatry of our hearts. And he did this so that the Father could be glorified and so that the spirit of holiness would rest upon God's family. So the spirit of holiness is power. Resurrection power. It is the spirit of holiness that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Three days, crucified, dead, and buried. Three days in the tomb. Yes? 
his body, his flesh. You understand? But when it was completed, the spirit of holiness raised him from the dead. And it is the spirit of holiness that's going to bring the resurrection from the dead. The resurrection from the dead. That means every person from, the, from Adam, everyone, right? The spirit of holiness is going to resurrect the dead. And they're going to go to one or two places. You're going to be resurrected to eternal life in Christ Jesus or resurrected into eternal death and be judged at the great right throne judgment for your deeds done in the flesh because there was no blood covering you. Only the blood of Jesus can bring resurrection power. Only the blood of Jesus can bring resurrection power. Only the spirit of holiness moves when he sees the atonement and the blood of Jesus. And the name of Jesus seals it. He's the name above every name. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Religion has so perverted this in taking the holiness movement and said, you know, you don't need to wear gold frilly little sandals. You got too much bling around your neck. Don't wear makeup. What are you doing playing tennis? This, that, that, that's just dead religion. And it opposes the spirit of holiness. Come on. I know what I'm talking about. That, that came against us in our early walk. I've tasted of the bondage. But he didn't give us the liberty to sin. Amen? The spirit of holiness given by God is what breathed life back into Christ Jesus. The spirit of holiness brings forth the resurrection from the dead. And the spirit of holiness right now is moving on the earth to save as many as would believe. And it's the spirit of holiness that came to us and softened our hearts so that we would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. When, we're, when your mommy's reading you the Bible when you're little, and, and she's reading the Bible and just doing Bible that morning. And all of a sudden, your eyes are opened as big as they can be. And you feel the fear of God. And you know, I've got to be saved. Who does that? Who does that? That's the spirit of truth. He's the one that brings the conviction in our soul when we know better. Oh, you know, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, man, I shouldn't have looked into that. Why did I sin in my heart against you, God? Why do I keep going back to the same old cesspool? And deliverance comes. Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, the kingdom of heaven's come among you. Power. Spirit of holiness. Holy Spirit. He's honored and reverenced. He has many, many names. He has so much power. He is the glory of God manifested. And Jesus died so he could get in us. He died so he could live in us. He, he died so that he would make us holy as he's holy. So when you read those verses, be holy as I'm holy, you're like, how am I ever going to attain to that? By the spirit of holiness. And that brings resurrection like to you. All of a sudden, boom, boom, something starts living in you again, yeah? The spirit of holiness has granted us repentance. There's power here. And in the world, we need the spirit of holiness to rest and to deliver us from evil, yes?
if you've been born on the earth, you were born in sin. So you can't say, well, her sin was greater than my sin. You can't say that. Sin is sin. And the wages of sin is death. And if you don't have a Savior Jesus, boom, it's over, right? I've got to be redeemed in the Word of God. That's why we preach the Word, teach the Word, day and night, night and day. Because the Word bears witness. His Word is truth. Yes? So you see, when you talk about these things, and I get into this chapter, if we don't start here with the spirit of holiness and to know what He can do, how the spirit of holiness can change. I mean, this is glorious, just being here, the worship, the praise. I mean, heaven is here. Yet the spirit of holiness is here abiding in us. Last week when Grant spoke, I kind of cackled because in the worship, I was in chapter one and I didn't know what he was going to do. And he goes, go to Roman one. And I'm in the spirit of holiness. I'm seeing him. And it's the spirit of holiness that's going to bring the conviction. It's the spirit of holiness that's going to bring the deliverance. It's the spirit of holiness that brings hope, peace, and joy, and Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of holiness that wakes us up from our slumber. It's the spirit of holiness that will turn us around from the bondages in life and heal us. It is the spirit of holiness who partners with us. Jesus said, he's the helper. He's going to live in you. He's going to be with you. He'll never leave you, fail you, or forsake you. He will teach you everything. He'll guide you. He'll empower you. He'll make you an overcomer. That's why it says in Revelations, those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit has to say. Blessed are the overcomers. And we are overcomers if we do what he says. You hear that? So when you feel conviction, I run to it. I'm a good repenter, right? Okay, and so when I feel conviction, even the slightest, yes, Lord, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I get it right quick. If you got to go to somebody, you get it right quick. But when you feel just the slightest tug on your heart, because we're called to holiness. He said, be perfect as your heavenly Father's perfect. Be holy as I'm holy. But man, when they deal with that, they're like, I don't know what to do with that. So I got to make up a bunch of rules to get holy. I got to get in a bunch of do's and don'ts and don't touch and do this and do that. He said, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness and peace and joy in Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's Lord. Amen. And he works submitted. He submitted to the Father and the Son. Spirit only does what he hears King Jesus say. Amen. Come on. You see where you're putting your hope. And so everything's going and stepping into the spirit of holiness. He was declared to be the Son of God with power. He is declared to be the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God with power. That's not dead religion. We don't want dead religion. We want life and life abundantly, yeah? <laughs> so you, this was like the introduction. So if, you, if it's separated on your, your, your Bible, sometimes you kind of skip the introduction. Maybe the, the blessing at the end. No, don't skip it. It's all God's word. It's all God breathed, you know? I mean, if they were to written this and we were alive then, then our name would have been in there. And God bless Danetta and you, Deborah, and God bless whoever, right, for the work that they're doing. But, but we're in this word. Declared to be the Son of God by power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Now, there's some power there because, listen, you can talk about it, you can study it, you can do research papers on it, but you just have to admit, man, what a day. 
what a day is going to be when the dead in Christ are raised. What a day when Jesus comes from heaven with his saints. What a day. You look forward to that day, yes. But today he's like, I'm the spirit of holiness and I'm resting inside of you right now. So while you're in the world, you're not of the world. But be encouraged, right? Because he tells us of things to come. He's with us. Hallelujah. So now you hear that. Verse 7. This is a letter written to the church in Rome. Okay? This is the empire of Rome. You understand the time? (laughs) Rome. Okay. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. He says, first, I just want to thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. (laughs) Verse 9, for God's my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Making request, if by some means, now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you can be established. What a heart of the Father. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by our mutual faith, both of you and me. Because that's why we gather, to encourage one another. Yes, we need each other. Whoa. And now, verse 13, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but I was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You hear the cry. You can hear the truth. You hear the gospel in just a few sentences. It reeks from him. He can't talk without presenting the gospel truth. He has to always keep going back to God. I praise God, my father, and he tells you the whole story again. You're like, yes, Paul, we've heard it. We know, we know. We know what Jesus did. We know how to get saved. We've heard this, Paul. But he starts every single letter out with praise to God and gives glory for this gospel so that the Holy Ghost, the spirit of power and glory and holiness can rest upon us. You hear it? It's amazing. Verse 18, he continues and he says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, that means mankind, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. 
because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. Verse 20, he goes further. He says, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, they're clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even in his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. Are you serious? <laughs> because futile, they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image, right? An idol made like corruptible man, birds, four-footed animals, creeping things. Verse 24, therefore God gave them up to uncleanness. God gave them over, yeah? He gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. That's the scheme and the tactic and the plan and the goal of the devil, yeah? Who worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who blessed forever, who is blessed forever, amen. 26, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what's against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful, and receiving themselves a penalty of their error which was due. And even if they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they're whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. I mean, wow, how'd they stick that in the middle of this horrible list? <laughs> wow. Okay. 31. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Now, if you are a pastor and you're going to write the flock that you're hoping to go see one day, is that how you're going to start your letter out? I mean, we got into some serious business. It's like, pastor, you, got, you stepped on my toes. I don't want to hear this. This is the letter written to the church in Rome. Okay, just saying. But it's what has happened to humanity. And so he has to call it out. And where he started out, the Holy Ghost says, okay, there's the list. If not by the grace of God, where would we be? <laughs> when Jesus said, if you just have enmity and hate in your heart towards your brother, you committed murder. When you just lusted after some hotshot woman, you just committed adultery. These things are in the heart. Jesus called it as it is. Read the words in red. In the Gospels, yes? And it offends the flesh because God is holy. 
and there you have to call it what it is. And how did he say, how did Jesus Christ come? Who rested upon him to bring us back to God? The spirit of holiness. And we need the spirit of holiness. And I need to lean and submit to the spirit of holiness every day of my life, yeah? We need to be born again so the spirit of holiness can live inside of us. And then we turn from our filthy ways. We come out of darkness and into light, yes? And we can walk before God without condemnation because we're clothed in Christ's righteousness now. We've only been made right with God because of his righteousness, yes? But he gives us a choice to the end. It's my choice to choose to serve the Lord with all my heart. All my soul, all my mind will straight to the end. He's like, you're crazy. Yeah, I am. Crazy in love with him. And we're called and commissioned to save. Right? We hate the works of the flesh. We hate the works of the devil. But the spirit of holiness is upon us. And he wants a fresh outpouring and the spirit of holiness upon his church because he's purifying the house of God. It's called a refiner's fire. Judgment begins with the house of God, right? And you can complain, complain all day about your sinful neighbor, but he's looking at your heart. He's looking at my heart, right? He's looking at the attitude of my thought life and my mouth, right? It looks like that, doesn't it? But he's drawing attention to the spirit of holiness. That's what's going to bring resurrection power. And the more we submit to the spirit of holiness and allow him to have his dominion in our lives, the more power is going to be manifested. And these sons and daughters, they're just dripping ready, waiting to be saved, to be caught in by the spirit of holiness because religion ain't going to save them. Dead works will not save them. A generation wants to know, you know what? That's enough talk. I've heard enough talk. I need to see the kingdom and I need to see the love of God and I need truth. Even though they're making war against you, they hate you. They're so mad at you because you represent truth. You just walk in the room and it lights up because the spirit of truth is there. And the demons in them shake and tremble. They're terrified of you because you hold the light. And light overcomes the darkness. You go in your office and they're, ooh, they can feel it. You hear it? You don't have to go in with your Jesus cards that I'm a Christian. <laughs> right? Oh, no. I'm promising you. In the atmosphere, in the spiritual realm, trust me, the flesh knows that you are. The demons know that you are. Yeah? Satan trembles. James, submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Run away in terror. It looks like that. <laughs> where would we be? And today's exhortation is just a beginning in the spirit of holiness. So let's stand up. He has imparted and revealed himself so beautiful today. And we get to baptize some beautiful, beautiful ones who said, you know, that's it. I'm going to make Jesus Lord of my life. Amen. And we're going to rejoice with them and their families because this is the real deal. And as you read this again, and you want to fast forward to the end of that verse, that chapter, stay a while in the introduction. And pay attention to the spirit of holiness so you'll come out of the world and love him more, okay? So, Father, we give you all the glory and honor and praise today. And we honor you, spirit of holiness, that you have saved us and delivered us and you're saving us <laughs> and restoring us. And I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. We honor you and we thank you. We thank you for these baptisms today who are committing their lives to you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the power of the gospel 
that will prevail and for our households to know you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Keep us safe, healthy, and strong. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Okay, well, we're going This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.